0: And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Last night, we read 1 Samuel chapter 25 and got to verse 18. And if you remember, the theme was David was going to a place where Nabal lived. And Nabal was bent on fighting and being unkind to David and his people. And the servants recognized that David had treated them well when they were there so they appealed to Abigail his wife and we talked about how a good wife a smart wife a loving wife can be like a shield of armor to her husband and to her family a praying wife especially so Abigail starts off here in verse 18 Abigail lost no time she took two hundred loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sias of roasted grain, and a hundred cakes of raisins, and two hundred cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, Go on ahead, I will follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, There were David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. David had just said, It's been useless, all my watching over this fellow's property in the desert, so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. Basically David's mad, and he's cursing Nabal, saying... I'm going to go and destroy everything because he is being unkind to me when he de- I deserved his kindness. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground, basically showing as much humility as she possibly could. Probably she knew that he was going to be king. She, you're probably right. She knew that he was a powerful man, that his reputation was growing, and that he had all the makings of being the king of Israel. Maybe she was just trying to not really do, she might just be faking it. She could be, we'll have to figure out. I don't think she would. It's not a bad conjecture though that one of Abigail's underlying goals, is to save her bacon. bacon. She loves bacon? (laughs) No, No, it's to save her own bacon. It's like to keep herself from being persecuted for the actions of her husband. Does that make sense? She doesn't want to lose bacon? (laughs) Yes, Brock, she doesn't want to lose any bacon. Like the feed bacon or a person? Herself. She doesn't want to be punished. If she's bacon? Like, she doesn't want her bacon stolen. As in, some kind of happiness stolen because of her husband. That's right. Bacon is a metaphor for something that makes her happy, Brock. Does this make sense to you? (laughs) No. I love bacon, so think of me as Abigail and bacon. Right. I love bacon, too. If I woke up and made a plate of bacon, and somebody was going to steal it, If I got up, if I left the table for whatever reason, I would protect my bacon. I might take it with me or eat it all, but I would protect my bacon. Sometimes um, we do that with our toys. Like if we don't want someone to take something from us, we take it from us with us whenever we go somewhere. So Abigail fell, fell with her face to the ground She fell at his feet and said, My lord, let the blame be on me alone. Please let your servant speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. May my lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is Fool, and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Now, since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my master be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master, because he fights the Lord's battles. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has done for my master every good thing he promised concerning him, and has appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of, needles, of needless bloodshed, or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord has brought my master success, remember your servant. She's almost prophesying here, telling of all the things, the victories that will come upon David and how his enemies will be cursed. And at the same time, she finishes with a line that basically is an effort to save her bacon. (laughs) She says, when the Lord has brought my master, David, success, remember your servant meaning remember her. She is trying hard to win favor in David's eyes. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has kept me from harming you, If you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak." And that's a good point by David too, he recognizes that he wanted to destroy all those people because of his feelings about the matter, but he didn't consult the Lord. The Lord said, Vengeance is mine. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him, and said, Go home in peace, I have heard your words and granted your request. When Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. So she told him nothing until daybreak. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all these things and his heart failed him and he became like a stone. About ten days later the Lord struck Nabal and he died. That was it. He was living like a fool. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise be to the Lord who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with content. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head. Then David sent word to Abigail, asking her to become his wife. His servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us to you. To take you to become his wife. Because her husband just died. He's not taking another man's wife to be his. I'm not saying David's above that. But doesn't he already have a wife? David? Yeah. You are correct. Yeah, I thought that. Macau. Macau? Yes, Saul's daughter. That is correct. So now he's taking two <laughs> for himself. You make a good point. And I'm going to go ahead and sit corrected. I will do more reading on this to better answer this question and understand the complexities of this situation. But in my opinion, you're right. You boys are right. Obviously, not everything David does is perfect, because if that was true, then he wouldn't be David. He would be Jesus. So even when we read in the Bible that one of the great heroes of the faith did something, it doesn't necessarily mean it was God's idea. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't a violation. It's a good challenge, Trey. Thank you for it. We will dig into that more tomorrow. We just want to know the heart of our Father, right? And I am glad that he gives us the Bible. Uh, oftentimes in my life before i've prayed lord let me know your thoughts let me see the way you see and and know you i just want to know you more and even i've i've asked for a word and i've seen a lot of people and i'm not i'm not preaching against this but i have witnessed a lot of people ask god for a word they want a word from god in their life and what they really want is for the lord just to tell them is just to blatantly tell them something. I'm not saying he doesn't do that. And I'm not saying that there hasn't been times in my life where I've received a word. What I'm saying is that there's probably a really good chance that if we really wanted to know his word so much that we opened up the Bible and studied his character and tried to earnestly seek him out and know more about his heart, the answer to his word might already be in here how bad do you really want the word if you can say i've searched all the scriptures and i don't know the lord's heart in this i need a word from him i feel very confident that he would give you a word if you have failed to search his scriptures then i would probably question the authenticity of how bad you want his word and i'll be the first to say we haven't studied all these scriptures we study them each night, and we try and find more. We haven't even studied half the Bible yet. This is why we want to grow. We don't have every answer. We know we're not on trial to have every answer. We have a new question, and we will consult the scriptures and ask the Lord if He has anything to say about it. Thank you, Trey. You're and thank you, Brock. You're welcome. In verse forty-one, she bowed down. This is Abigail with her face to the ground and said, Here is your maidservant, ready to serve you and wash the feet of my master's servants. Abigail quickly got on a donkey and, attended by her five maids, went with David's messengers and became his wife. David had also married Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they both were his wives. Okay, David has a ton of wives. Three. (laughs) But Saul had given his daughter Michal... David's wife to Paltiel, son of Laish, who was from Galim. He didn't have Michal as a wife. So Saul basically took Michal away. So David kind of cheated on his wife, but Saul would have taken her away anyways. It says, uh, the story of David and Michal does not end here. It goes on in Samuel chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. So we'll take a look at that. I'll take a look at that tomorrow and get more into this. It's a good question. I think you boys are right. And I'm glad that I can learn from you and your viewpoints on on everything. Yeah, just thank you both. You guys are mature little boys. Strong young men. I love you guys. I love you too. You guys are good kids.